Could your Instagram account stand in the way of you getting your first mortgage? Keep listening to find out. Wonderful people, welcome to the future of here at Nordic Fintech Magazine. Today, we're going to be talking about the future of credit scoring. A credit score is basically a three-digit number that indicates how likely you are to repay your debts. As the name indicates, this score is mostly used by bankers and by lenders to decide whether they should lend you money. However, more and more often, your credit score is also being used by companies to decide whether you are employment worthy. You see, credit score typically looks at five areas of your financial activity. It looks at how long you've had your credit history. It looks at how much new credit you'd have in the shape of cards or other financial products. It also looks at what different forms of credit you have. It could be loans, credit cards, or mortgages. It looks at your payment history. And finally, it looks at how you have used the credit available to you in the past. The idea behind the credit scoring system is that your past financial behavior is the best predictor of how you will behave in the future. And this helps banks determine how much risk you represent as a customer who's looking for a loan or other financial products. So basically, lenders are more likely to lend you money if you have a good credit score. But since your credit score only shows a small part of who you are, credit companies are relying more and more on sources of data that build a more comprehensive picture of you as a borrower. We don't have to think long to imagine what the future of credit scoring could be like, because the reality is that the future is already happening. It's just not evenly distributed. As with all things fintech, if we want to understand what the future looks like, we need to look at China. And today we're going to look at specifically how they're developing their social scoring system. You see, back in 2014, the Chinese government laid out a legal framework to aggregate citizen information from various sources. Its purpose was to incentivize trustworthy conduct and to punish untrustworthy behavior among citizens. The system has been developed in close cooperation with a number of private companies like Tencent, Didi, and Sesame Credit. These are all Chinese technology companies that operate services like ride-sharing, dating, banking, and shopping apps. China's social scoring system is very different from credit scoring systems used in other countries, in the sense that it's not only a mechanism for assessing your credit worthiness, but also a way to assess your social reputation. See, the system uses data from different sources, including social media, to penalize things like spreading false information, and this is of course information that is not approved by the state, or financial wrongdoings, smoking, causing trouble on flights and trains, using ex expired tickets on trains, and even jaywalking. So if you don't find that level of intrusion objectionable, then consider the fact that the system is closely related to Skynet, China's massive rate system that uses facial recognition combined with big data and artificial intelligence to track people's behavior in public. In a way, this social scoring system works as a gamified life experience. Citizens start with an initial score and then points are added or taken away depending on their actions. A person's rank is determined by four areas. Administrative affairs, commercial activities, judicial systems, and social behavior. And the number of points for each action is listed publicly in some catalogs. Now, the Chinese government argues that these systems are meant to reward good behavior, 
but most importantly, they are meant to penalize untrustworthy citizens. And people have already been penalized for violating social protocols. As of June 2019, the system has already blocked the purchase of over 26 million domestic flight tickets. And this has been from people who the system has labeled as dishonest or deplorable. The system has also been used to ban untrustworthy people and their children from certain private schools. It has also been used to prevent people with low scores from renting hotels or using credit cards. And it has even been used to blacklist individuals from getting a job. Now, I often use China as a standard for innovation in fintech. And over the years, I always hear that there is no point comparing China to our Western democracies, as the political and, and economic systems are radically different. But let's take a close look at some initiatives that have been rolled out in places like Europe and the US with very little opposition in the past 18 months. Let's start with the UK. In July 2021, Boris Johnson, the UK's Prime Minister, announced his plans to introduce a version of the social credit system with the noble goal of combating obesity. The program will monitor family supermarket spending and it will reward those who reduce their calorie intake and buy more fruits and vegetables. People who participate in organized fitness events or who choose to walk instead of using public transport will be rewarded through a new app that will capture all these activities and that will enable people to then convert them into cash or change them for discounts or other incentives. It is worth noting that similar systems have been in operation in the UK for at least 10 years. This has been mainly in the hands of private health insurance firms like Vitality, which rewards its customers with discounted movie tickets or cheap Eurostar tickets for eating healthy or going to the gym and even for walking 10,000 steps a day. Now the reason this argument fails, at least according to some critics, is that your body and your health are just about the most private concerns that you as a person have. Skeptics say that if we allow the government to influence matters as personal as our body fat, we are pretty much conceding that the state can do just about anything it pleases. In other European countries, authorities are experimenting with social scoring systems for welfare fraud. Take the Netherlands, for example. They use a system called System Risico Inventarisatie. And this system is basically a database that merges data from the tax office and the immigration database uh, to detect welfare fraud. In Sweden, an algorithm aggregates data from several databases such as the tax agency or the Bureau of Housing Support to decide whether or not applicants can receive social benefits. In Denmark, a point system to detect children in vulnerable circumstances was designed but not implemented. Now this system was going to be used to score parameters such as mental illness, unemployment, and even uh, missing doctors or dentist appointments to give family a score that would determine how fit they were to raise their children. So far, these state initiatives have been kept mostly within the boundaries of government. However, a more alarming trend is that more and more private companies now use social credit systems to assign people scores based on personal profiles. These scores dictate everything from whether you can enter a bar to whether you're allowed to use certain apps. For example, in early 2021, the New York State Department of Financial Services started to allow life insurance companies to base insurance policy rates on people's social media posts. Other applications of these type of systems exist on platforms like Airbnb and Uber, which have a customer rating system that can drastically impact whether or not you can use their service. Airbnb is even allowed to ban their users for life based on private information provided by the listed homes. Uber is also beginning to ban customers if the ratings fall significantly below average. 
Now, some companies have taken their social credit system even further, using ratings to ban people from physical locations. A company called PatronScan is being used in bars in the US, the UK, and Australia to assess whether someone is likely to get into a fight. If a person is banned by a bar on PatronScan, they could potentially be forbidden from entering any other bar that uses the same system. In the US, PayPal recently announced a partnership with the left-wing Southern Poverty Law Center to investigate the role of propagators of anti-government rhetoric. PayPal says that the collected information will be shared with other financial firms and politicians. Facebook is taking similar measures. It recently started showing messages to its users asking them to snitch on their potentially extremist friends. Considering the platform's political bias, this would seem to target mainly those on the political right. At the same time, Facebook and Microsoft are working with several other web giants and the United Nations on a database to block potential extreme content. Now, regardless of where you stand on freedom of speech and data privacy, we could probably all see the benefits of having more accurate and less biased ways of making decisions. However, the mammoth in the room that must be addressed is if there is a line, who draws it, and on whose authority? The same companies that can track and reward your behavior could also utilize those powers to block your transactions or to restrict you from using their products. So at what point does your debit card get canceled over all tweets? Or your home loan denied for homeschooling your kids? Or your Amazon account invalidated because a friend flagged you from questioning vaccine mandates? Now, as we discussed in previous videos, concerns are compounded when social scoring systems are combined with the emergence of central bank digital currencies or CBDCs, things like the digital euro, the digital dollar or Bitcoin, which are already in the works. Now, in time, decentralized forms of money like Bitcoin may be the only means that dissidents have to operate. That's provided, of course, the central governments don't move to make them illegal, as is the case of Nigeria. Now, you may be thinking, this is too far-fetched. But if we have learned anything lately, is that what seems unimaginable one week becomes public policy the next. We often point our fingers at China for being an authoritarian regime, but we are only really different in intensity and in method. China punishes what it regards as bad behavior with bans and blacklists. We reward good behavior with access to pubs, museums and restaurants. China may use the power of the state to influence its citizens' behavior, but we allow corporations to do that for us. So at the end of the day, these may be two sides of the same coin. Both approaches want to sort out the good from the bad, the healthy from the sick, and the obedient from the non-compliant. Who decides those standards is probably a topic for another podcast. Thank you so much for listening. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please be sure to subscribe to our channel or check out our website at nordicfintechmagazine.com for more transformational thought leadership.